He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. Well, welcome. This is the week of the Stephen Foster and final week of Churchill Downs meet, which has been very profitable for us, and we've had a really, really fun meet. Uh, Churchill Downs and Kentucky Racing is definitely my favorite. And let me bring in another favorite of mine, Ron Flatter in <laughs> from, Louisville, uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. I almost say Las Vegas again. Yeah, well, uh, you know, but, uh, old, bad habits. I'll be, ooh, 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 old habits die hard. <laughs> hey, profitable, not just for you, but I read you. I use your stuff. I'm not just sitting here, you know, as, as a, the hired help. I'm using your stuff. And I will say, too, that where I've had some upstream swims with some tracks, not so with Churchill Downs this spring. So it's and summer, I guess, now as we move past the solstice. And so boy, Bruno. Well, I got to tell you, it's like my old friend, Jerry Dutton, uh, who, uh, who mentored guys like Jerry Hollendorfer and Jeff Bondi. And... He sat around one day and I gave him props on a two-year-old winning because he was a phenomenal baby trainer. And he looked at me and goes, we ain't sitting around here licking our, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> which that was also a story of why so one night we got 86 out of, out of baby Joe, out of baby Joe's. Uh, at uh, in in our in uh, in California, Santa Anita. Using language so, but, like this, uh, is this he, what you were what was going on? Well, well, he he Jerry was fantastic. Jerry was such a fun person to be around. Um, him and his wife Barbara. And one night at, at Baby Joe's, uh, I guess the Barbara strayed away from him, and the waitress, a young waitress, came up who was brand new, didn't know Jerry. And said, uh, "Would you like to have a dr- another drink, uh, Jerry?" And he looked up, said, "Well, I ain't sitting right here looking at my nuts, <laughs> you know." <laughs> and well, she did not get understand his sense of humor. And next thing you know, the you know, anyway. But yeah, uh, welcome, but to Jerry. You. Jerry was great. Yeah, Jerry was great. Oh man. Well. And now that we've all had our lives flash before our eyes in one way, shape, or form. Hey, um, may I ask you something? I, I don't know if this is going to harsh the flow any, because I know you want to talk about... We're off the, off, the, off the script, but right, go right ahead. Well, or, or maybe drifting right back to it in the same way. But I know you're going to talk about Keeneland yearlings and two-year-olds, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Stephen Foster card and all that. But I know you have some new products. Do you? Am I going to be twisting your arm if I asked you about some of the new racing with Bruno products that you have rolling out? Well, it's, it's not products. It's just added features. Features, okay. Um, and um, what I wanted to do is, uh, Ron, the one thing that you being part of our Zooms and, and, and looking at the product, I'm very oriented on being able to see the horse. Yes. And seeing the horse is very important to me. I've had a lot of experience going to two-year-old and training sales a lot of experience watching horses move. I buy my own horses at Keeneland Sale or Fasic Tipton. And I mean, when I buy them myself, I mean, I go in and find them. And then I, I watch them. I inspect them. I talk to my vets. 
you know, it's, it's basically me and my vets and my clients and my partners that go out there and we go find these horses. We don't spend a lot of money. We can't. We don't have a lot of money to spend, you know, like some guys that go buy $100,000, $200,000 horses. But what that does is you have to work hard because you have got to really turn over rocks and find individuals that other people just maybe glossed over. So what I started doing is I have all the videos, walking videos, breezes at OBS, uh, all, all these yearlings now turning two. So what I did last weekend, I started doing a feature that I started making comments uh, in our action, auction database mm-hmm. and adding comments to right. all the babies that were entered that following weekend, uh, that weekend, this past weekend. And the one thing that that we did is when you put the comments into the database, they show up on your workout report. So they'll have the workout report and then they'll have the auction. That's the, that even if they didn't sell, if they were entered and there was a video and I got it in my system, I'm able to watch it, make a comment and put it in the system and the horse shows up. Mm-hmm. Well, on Saturday at, um, at Belmont, in the second race, there was two horses that popped. There was three horses that I had videos on. One of them was a um, a into mischief um, out of an uh, out of an Australian mare for Chad Brown. Uh, another one was a Leah Garamati a Stern filly, and the third one was a Clement in Union Rags. I got to see all three of them all the yearly. One of them had uh, a, uh, a two-year-old in training sale video. So first of all, with the intermischief and Chad Brown, uh, her name was Divine. I want to say Divine. It's not Divine Comedy. Uh, is uh, anyway. It, I'd have to look at it real quick. But that horse particularly caught my eye because she had a beautiful shoulder to her, but she was straight up behind. And being straight up behind, you know, I could tell why she had been a $57,000 buyback at Keeneland. So when you have a horse like that, that that you see as an RNA is what it's called, um, it makes it for a really interesting interpretation of why an intermission sold for, didn't sell for $57,000. The average for that horse has got to be well over 180 to 200,000. So watching the video kind of told me that that filly was straight up behind. So being straight up behind, uh, I was able to to uh, go back and look at the video that she had, and her name was Divine Wine, Divine Wine. Okay. And I watched the video at OBS. She went into that OBS sale, and. Because of the way her hind end was built, she jackrabbited, jackrabbited, you know, a furlong in 10 flat. Now, people say, well, she went 10 flat. But with that hind end and the way she moved, there was no way she was going to go much further than that and keep up that rate of speed. Um, all you needed to put is a white cottontail on her butt, and, and <laughs> people think she was a bunny rabbit. But that's what the problem was. When you're straight up behind you don't have the ability of pushing off and extending. So uh, your stride is going to be short, compact, and it's not going to go very far. I'll tell you, that was the one reason that a lot of point-given foals did not turn it, turn out well. 
mm-hmm. because there were because a lot of point given horses were straight up behind. And what I mean by straight up behind from 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 the hip bone all the way down to the foot, it's just down, straight, just like it says, straight up and down. And what you need is to have horse have some some play. The the hawks need to be behind the hind end a bit. They don't we don't want them too far back, but they need to be a little further back where it gives that horse that ability to extend and open up their stride and open up their body. So, um, and there a lot goes into more than that too, because you remember the lungs of a horse expand all the way throughout the body. The more the body extends, the more the lungs extend and the more air you can get into them. So that's why long striding, big long striding horses that have a lot of reach can actually go further distance of ground and have that ability like Secretariat did. It's because the ability of those lungs to stretch the entire length of the body and open up. So um, this horse didn't have that. So I had a, a knock on that horse. Uh, she didn't run any good at all. Two horses I love. The club was a uh, Christophe Clement Union Rags, and I loved the way she moved. I loved her look. She was correct. Everything about her I loved. I, had a, I put a four-star on her. Then there was this Leah Garamati first-time starter named Sail By. She was the one horse. And I pulled up, and it's, and it's in a stern filly. A lot of people don't know who a stern is. A stern is, I believe, is a mizzenmast stallion. Uh, and I'm going to pull it up just to make sure I'm telling you the truth. Um, and a stern is one of those stallions that this year has caught my eye. And... They have a really, really good look. Oh, it's I'm sorry. It's not Mizzen Mass. It was an M. It's, mid, it's, it's a Medallador stallion. Okay. Um, but they all have this beautiful, they have beautiful bodies, fast bodies, dirt bodies, turf bodies. They can move. Now, every Astern is not the same. I've seen some Astern that can really move, but they're not crooked. They're now move right. And that makes them limited and also makes them the longevity, uh, their longevity to be in question. But this filly was exquisite, Ron. She moved well. She mm. looked well. She did everything. I, and I remember I, I called a buddy of mine, Pete Renato, who's, who's one of my partners. I said, Pete, we got to play this filly today. She's beautiful looking. It was Saturday morning. I said, she's just, she's just exquisite. She's nice. Well, I can't bet. I can't bet. Giamatti. I said, listen, I don't care who's it from. When you've got a good-looking horse, a lot of trainers can get the job done. Well, push comes to shove. It was too late to get in into this into into because uh, I got it done like Saturday morning, so it didn't get into the system. But I come post time, she's sitting at twenty-eight to one. Hmm. She won the race. <laughs> she came flying late. She and guess who she beat? The club, the other horse that I like. Uh, that was in the field. So did we? Did so, you cash a well, nice exacta ticket, Mister DeGiulio? I played. I played a small exacta. Yes. I mean, it paid. It paid one hundred fifty dollars. I was going to say it didn't pay small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. But but what I made me do is maybe over the weekend set up a system that I can rate these babies and put four stars, three stars, two stars, one star on them. That way they can get into the system and people can see it. So I've added that feature. Um, so every every day I go through and see any horse that I have into the system, and and be able to make notes, watch them walk, whether they breeze or not. Now last weekend, this week, this past weekend, 
Also, we came up with a horse named Always Drinking at Delaware. When it first came out, it paid $6. We looked at the videos at, at Churchill, and we liked Just Call Ray, who ended up breaking his maiden. And we kind of knocked Braccadocio, um, uh, who uh, was the other norm horse. Now, coincidentally, out of that race at Churchill on Saturday, there was uh, there was ran there was a two year old maiden claiming a hundred thousand dollar race. One owner claimed three horses that out of that wasn't race. that something wanted four. Um, and and it was amazing. He, he claimed Braggadocio. He claimed just call Ray, and he blamed another. Uh, he, he claimed another mayor, another uh, another horse named Versatile. Now, what was interesting? Uh, just call Ray is a decent horse. He'll do okay. Braggadocio, I was a little weary of his hind end because when I watched this video, I thought his, his hind end was loose when he was a baby at the Keelan Union. So he was a good-bodied horse. He wasn't prepped. You could tell in the video he wasn't a prepped horse. And what I mean by being prepped, when, 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 when guys get horses ready to go to the sale, they want them to look like racehorses, not horses coming from the farm. So they do a lot of work on them. They walk them a lot. They put them on the wheel, and they can adjust how deep the, the dirt is and the depth of the dirt is in the wheel. They get muscles. They get them all built up. Now, there is a, uh, a side of that that can harm that horse, and that can create problems because you're pushing those horses. You're pushing those, those, those ligaments, those sesamoids, um, and those tendons, those, uh, those hind ends. You're pushing them hard. And when you put them in this wheel, the horses go around in a circle on the left, on the left side, and that can create problems within their stifles, within their hocks, because you're putting pressure on bones that haven't formed yet. Um, some in, in babies, sometimes you have something called lucencies, Ron, and those lucencies mean that there's part of the bone that hasn't that hasn't. How do I put it? It's liquid bone. It hasn't so fully developed. Bone, it hasn't fully it matured. Hasn't fully developed. So that bone that 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 area of that of that bone hasn't developed yet. It hasn't hardened yet. It's still the baby, soft, sometimes liquidy uh, substance within the bone that hasn't liquefied. So that hasn't uh, set itself. So what'll happen is that if you torque and push that stuff, they, that could actually create more bone to go there to try to fix that area and fix that um, and, and, and lend support to that weaker bone, and then you end up getting spurs. You end up getting, um, you could end up getting chips built coming out of there in, a, in an area where the joint meet. You could get a lot of those things. So, so there's there's sort of a, uh, you know, how, how do I put it? Um, risk and reward right. when it comes down to pushing your horses to make them look like two year olds, and you know, and, instead of horses coming from the field. I love being able to find a horse that just came from the plowed field and watching them walk and you can tell things you don't have, you can project what they would look like as they would grow into that frame and how you would basically tighten them up and make them and, and give them more muscle and stuff. I love that. That's my strength is being able to do that. So when I looked at Braggadocio, I could tell that he was a little loose behind. So that could be a number of things. It could be that he was coming off the field, they didn't prep him, they didn't do a lot of things, he was a little weak back there. But then I got to see the video also of him as a two-year-old, 
and he had tightened up a little bit behind. He was a little tighter behind, but still had that play. And you wondered how much could that high end take working on the dirt and hard and working hard on the dirt and being able to overcome it and where the turf was going to be easier on him. He, he's a talented looking colt, but you have to wonder with that high end and how loose it is, how much maintenance you have to do to keep it right. And I don't have any kind of um, information as far as veterinary uh, inspections from those sales. I don't have the vet sheet that I can say, okay, this is the problems they had, but I can watch and get a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, so I can go through, you know, if I, if I have a lot, if I have a number of horses in a field that I can look at, I can be pretty strong on my opinion. Uh, for example, yesterday, a horse for Tom Amos, one named Ottoman Empire, and I made a comment how I really liked his body. It was a good-looking horse, good-moving horse, leggy, tall, stretchy, looks like he wanted more. He didn't look like he wanted a lot. Show. He wasn't a real speed type at five, but he could show that he could probably stretch. You know, that, that body would stretch out going a longer distance. Well, what happened, he ended up coming back to him, and he ended up winning the race. I could see that. I made a mistake of not using them in my handicapping because I wasn't sure if that was going to be his distance. But I can be able to tell you things from that. Um, uh, for example, I came across a horse at Woodbine, and you and, and everybody can put this put this horse's name in their horses to watch list. Silent Ghost. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's from the Shaman Ghost first crop. Right, Shaman really Ghost won them. the won the uh, the Queen's Plate up there. A few years right. Back. You know, he was a pretty, pretty baby for Katarina Vesoleva. He's a pretty baby. Good mover. Nice. And all these horses that come out of Keeneland, they were, they were, you know, they were affordable. They weren't crazy, crazy money. So, you know, sometimes the way this industry is, Ron, we commercialize stallions. So guys go out and go buy stallions. They don't buy individuals. Hmm. The individuals are bought by the smaller guys who can't afford them, and they end up being the good horses because all these guys want to go out and go find the, you know, the the, the Curlins and the, and the Tappets and you know and and all these stallions that everybody is lining up to buy. The way to do it is, you know, and I'm kind of giving away the secret is find the individual that's from a stallion that people don't don't want to buy from. And, and you know, and I don't understand it. And and how about the fact that you have a guy here? And and I got a little background. Carolyn Greer from Horse Racing Nation uh, did check in with the trainer who was involved in the triple claim by. That's Jeff Hiles. He's a former assistant to Kenny McPeak, the owner here who wanted to claim four, but you're limited to three by rule in Kentucky. Is a businessman here in Louisville named Brooks Smith, who's had horses with Danny Hutton. And Bill Densick was his trainer. And so that's uh, Brooke Smith's story, who made the, all these claims. Uh, but it's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, and if you can buy one and you like three, well, buy three. I, have you ever heard of this happening where I know the rule allows it, but when was the last time you saw three claimed from the same race? By the same, I don't owner. think I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Isn't that Especially something? Hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? this this wasn't like you know this wasn't the bottom of the barrel by any means. Well, I'm going to say I think you overspent. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, um, but there's also something to say about him having, you know, we were talking about you know licking our, you know what. 
mean, he's, he's got the stones to go out and do that. That, 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 that makes me stand up and applaud the man. He's yeah. got stones, yeah. you know, but so this new feature, yeah, by, part, by the way, forgive me for calling the, it a new product because a lot of your features feel to me like products because I feel like there's that added value. And it's if you've already got the product in the first place, you're getting the added feature. So either way, there's added value here. Well, so so anyway, it's going to become really handy during Saratoga. No doubt. And Delmar, is to be able to go through these babies and have some really good notes on them. Uh, I'm also working on an additional feature where I am actually going to be able to import all sales from golfs, um, uh, the Guineas, the Tattersall, uh, the Arcana sales. Oh, where Europe. I'll be able to see from Europe. And oh, I'll be wow. able to see the babies from Europe because they show up over here. I know Brendan Walsh bought a really nice knot this time, Philly, and he's bringing her over here. Um, and uh, you've got um, Aaron Wellman with Eclipse Thoroughbreds. You've got Chad Brown that goes out there and buys them, mm -hmm. brings them out here. So you're going to have, so I want to be able to see as many racehorses in person, hips, HIP, hips, horses in person, as much as I can. Because if I get to see them, um, I get to um, understand who they are. Because you know, at the Zooms, what do we say, Ron, at the Zooms? Who's that horse? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Redondo, Kevin uh, Redondo's uh, favorite saying. Um, but, you know, I want to be able to get to look at this horse because I think if I get to look at them and I watch the way they move, I get a better understanding mm. of who's that horse. Well, so. Um, and, and doesn't that fold us in as well to what you're doing with yearlings and two year olds at Keeneland? Yes, and this is going to get my eye really sharp coming up to Keeneland uh, and at the Saratoga sale coming up this year. Um, I love doing that, and I, I, you know what I really love? I love going and looking at all these horses that, that in the books or later in the sales and stuff because you can get away. You can buy some really nice horses that, that you can take home, and you'll get them for $10,000, $20,000, $25,000. And that's why we're starting our own with the Works Racing Stable. So stay tuned. That's coming soon. Another feature that we're working on right now is the ability of being able to redistribute, to re Purpose? Package, repackage and redistribute uh, a product when uh, races are decimated or off the turf or scratches. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. You know. So where now I can go into the system, I have a spreadsheet. I can take that spreadsheet, label the scratched horses, label the uh, uh, change in surface, to, and, and put it back into the system. And the actual um, admin area will remove those horses from the race, recalculate all our handicapping oh, wow. figures, so our face figures, our delta figures, our uh, everything will be recalculated, and that way I can look at the race without those horses in, and 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 readjust my handicapping based on our handicapping factors. Oh, terrific! Because if you've got, you know, if you get two speed horses out, right, who were the F1 and F2, mm -hmm. now you know you don't have to guess who actually is the better horse, and you know, is who who is favored by the pace or who is favored on the turf 
with the light fraction. So now I can be able to do that, repackage the product, change it to where it reflects our handicapping factors, and I have the ability of pulling up every single person that's already downloaded the product, either by purchase or on brunowiththeworks.com, repackage it, put it together, produce it, um, download it, put it in an email, and send it to every one of those individuals' email address that we have on file. Now, if those people don't get it and they don't open their email, well, they're SOL. So, um, yep. you know, because you know what? There's always that one guy. Oh, well, I didn't get anything. Oh, you changed it. You didn't get. Well, now there's not going to be that excuse because I will have the date stamp that that email went out. Right. For. So uh, there's always that guy. That guy is always available. Well, and I'm you know, sorry I, mean, I keep calling you, Bruno. I'm sorry I keep forgetting to open that email. No, that's not true, Rob. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, yeah. But, um, I, you know, uh, you're one of the good guys about that. So, um, But we'll have that ability at Saratoga that we can change the product. Um, that means I can get it done early. I can put it out and feel comfortable that there's any issue. I can come back, be able to fix it. Because that was my issue. My whole issue was the ability of redistributing the product once fixing it. Right. It's easy to fix, right? But to redistribute it and not miss anybody, that was my, my, my main concern. Because I said, there's always that one guy. And by being able to get it out to their hands, there's no excuse. It's in their mailbox. If they give me a bad email, that's their problem. Not mine. I tried. Excellent. So a little read and react to changes and scratches, that'll be excellent. So we've talked about new features. We've, we've talked been busy, to, huh? I know. You're, I'll tell you what, I, I'm still trying to figure out when you sleep, but I, I'm not convinced you do. Uh, we talked about Keeneland yearlings and two-year-olds. We've talked about all that. Uh, may I ask you a little bit in broad brushstrokes? Because it can only be that. The draw isn't until Wednesday. You won't have your product out on these until Friday. But the Stephen Foster card is looking enticing, particularly the fleur-de-lis for older fillies and mares, the mile and an eighth race that will be going on on the undercard to the Stephen Foster. And this one is looking pretty salty. Latruska committed. Point of Honor, now with Shug committed. Envoutant, Spice is Nice. Uh, you've got Vault and Singita Dreams, who we know of as probables as well. But the first four I mentioned would jump off the page. What are your thoughts about these fillies and mares converging on Churchill Downs for this race as we approach the summertime seasons? Well, that'll be closing day for Churchill. Mm -hmm. um, Florida Lee, Florida Lee is a, a Breeders' Cup win and you're in. Um, you mentioned Envoutant and Latrushka. Uh, point of honor is interesting to me, being in Chug, uh, transferred from uh, Weaver. Uh, I'm very interested in that. Um, private sale. You know it's a private sale. That's right. what led to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And let, let's just say that over the last two, like, on Saturday and Sunday, the track completely changed to Churchill. So let's just wait and see how that track plays on Thursday. Because if that track plays again to the wide, wide rally, uh, horses coming over the top. It'd be a very interesting race. Mm -hmm. Now the Stephen Foster is a yeah. really interesting race. Yeah, you got Max, another Breeders' Cup winner in your Yeah, Maxfield against 
uh, group of others you would think just on name, but then you look at it, Warriors Charge coming in, Silver Dust, where Brett Calhoun, Empty Tomb, American Dubai, Visitant, those are the, the first four are probables, the last two are possibles, and uh, I mean, everybody talks about Maxfield as they, I don't know, will, will they overbet him? Yeah, probably, but how do you look at it at this early juncture where we don't know much more than just what I threw at you? Well, you know, the one thing I don't do is when I look at a race, I don't look about, I don't judge horses by whether they're going to be overbet or not. I'm right. looking at the horse that's going to come in and run a great race. I think handicappers do a lot of the service themselves by starting to worry about their price before even knowing how the race is going to ship up, shape up. Um, it, it's ridiculous. It's, a, it's an idiotic way of thinking of things and doing things. Um, and, and, and that's why a lot of guys lose at the races, to be honest, because they make already a negative opinion of ours based on price, regard, you know, regardless of their handicapping factors in the race. So if you do that, shame on you. We'll be glad to take your money, though, every time you do it, um, because it is a paramutual game. And if you lose, the winner takes your money. That's that's the way it works. So but also the wise Dan. Yeah, is, uh, is on. Uh, and and uh, Orsted kind of popped out at me. Two of them was uh, write a comment and set piece. Set piece has been absolutely a monster lately for Brad Cox, and he's doing very well. And then you've got some like it hot brown, right. possibly the best ever name for a horse ever given. Um, and uh, so it's a very interesting, uh, it's a very interesting race. Then you throw in the Bashford Manor um, and you're going to have a, a group of, of, you know, Todd Fletcher coming in. You're going to have Lansdowne who won very nicely first time out right. for Dallas Stewart. Todd has you double got, thunder. No, Double Thunder, uh, Glacial for Norm Cassie, uh, who was very impressive first time out after breaking slow, rushing up, getting the lead, and never looking back. Um, you have uh, What's the Connection, which is John Enos, uh, Whistle Why You Mo from mm -hmm. John Arnett. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's going to be, that's going to be probably a nice field too. Um, and then you look at the debutant on the Phillies side, and you've got Molly Kate again for John Enos. Uh, you've got uh, classiness from Jason Barkley. Uh, you got a lot of names that, that Tom take the back roads for Tom Amos, and I'm sure somebody else is going to pop up. And then, and you think we're done? We're all about the tapping. The tapping's going to be really nice. You got adventuring that worked on the grass this past weekend, going to try to turf uh, as a probable. You've got arm candy. You got barista, bullseye beauty, Fairchild, invincible gal. Motion's going to come in. And Brett Calhoun has been hot as a firecracker with new boss. And then if that's not all, you would got three-year-olds on the turf in the war chant. And um, that helium is, is a probable in there, along with Royal Prince for Brad Cox. So, wow, what a card is going to be this Saturday. I believe Saturday is closing day for Churchill. Correct, right? because the very next day they open at Ellis Park. So it's there's no yeah. there's no rest for the weary. It'll turn right yeah, back from the around quickly. From under the Twin Spires to the soybean patch. To the soybean patch on the other side of the Ohio River. The only part yeah, of exactly. Kentucky on the other side of the Ohio River. And also, we should note what's going on on the West Coast. The Santa Anita meet came to an end. And I'm just wondering maybe what your impressions were for a meet that 
limped along with some small fields, but certainly had its share of headlines during the course of the winter and spring. Yeah. Um, you know, having come from California. Right. And sitting there in 2009 and 2010 at Del Mar and watching that synthetic destroy California racing at that time and thinking that this was a sinking ship. Mm -hmm. So if I would have been on the Titanic, I would have gotten on the lifeboat probably half a mile before we hit that iceberg. Mm -hmm. And I started looking into getting out. And at that time, Steve Davidowitz came along with grade one racing and I pitched him and I brought in all my people. Um, Pete Renato was working for us too. He's my partner now. Um, and, um, that's when I got my webmaster, I got my clockers and we all started putting together uh, a product with grade one racing in the late Steve Davidowitz. And that's when I tried coming out back East and Ron, you'd be surprised how many people looked at me and said, you'll never be able to make it on the East coast. <laughs> and yeah. Okay. No, it wouldn't I'm surprise me. There's, there's 10, 10, everybody... 11 years later. Yeah, uh, but but the but but I went back to California and for for a little while before we moved out here permanently, and I remember sitting and watching a horse named Pedal to the Metal for Art Sherman work on the synthetic at Del Mar. It was around maybe around in early September, maybe late August of 2011, and she worked a minute with Joe Talamo on, walked to the pulled up and uh shattered a pelvis on that on that synthetic right they they were able to get her back to the backside, put her on a band send her back to the barn before they had to put her down and i remember there was no word nobody said anything it wasn't even a stat because it then wasn't put down on the track and i thought you know i'm done i'm done i'm done out here this is the beginning of the end of california racing because they can't get their act together they even have to you know kind of play games with with statistics on desk to be able to, to keep, you know, and, and I just, and I felt from that day, California racing started going downhill and, you know, and, and look at what's happening with Baffert. Now the Washington post article on him was really damning on, on what's happening out there. And so as much as I, 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 I love California racing and as much as I love what it did for me and how much I, cherish my memories of california racing it will never be the same ever again i hope they get their act together and if i can do anything to help i'd be glad to but right now i don't have a whole lot of faith in in the way it's going i think there needs to be a the clean house out there i think tsg has to step up and clean the house up the state of california has to clean up the chrb there's a lot of, there's a lot of maintenance to do to get that product back up and for God's sake, get your tracks to be like they used to be because it's really hard to keep horses sound over there. Um, and, and there's a lot of guys that want to get out and look at all the guys from California getting out. Um, people say, well, maybe, you know, you're knocking California. Well, it's right there in front of you. Look at it. Look at what's going on instead of just saying, oh, well, we're not going to knock or I've had that too, Ron. You know, people telling me you're knocking California racing or you, you know, well, if we can't speak plainly and we can't speak honestly, then, then I, I don't want to be in this game. So if you don't like what I say or somebody doesn't like what I say, 
they can just you know they can just not listen to me well okay? don't don't kill the messenger follow. don't kill the messenger that's right that's right and you know i mean you ask me the questions i'm giving you the answer and the answer is basically i pray for california racing to come back the way it used to be because boy boy in the 80s and the 90s that was a phenomenal phenomenal product and it was so much fun and to hear what's happening at Santa Anita. And I, I think TSG needs to step up. And, and, and I think they will to try to make it better. Um, or somebody has to. Somebody's has to to make it better, right? It's interesting, too. And whether this is an adjunct to it or a reaction directly to the news of the spring. But Windstar Farm took country grammar from Bob Baffert, sent him to Todd Pletcher so that he could run in the suburban at Saratoga or Belmont, pardon me. Because, of course, Baffert is persona non grata indefinitely with Naira. And Elliot Walden issued a statement from Windstar saying, we are continuing to evaluate our relationship with Baffert. Not exactly a vote of confidence in that statement. Um, well, you got to remember, I mean, you know, Elliot is in a bad spot. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he likes Baffert. Baffert won a, a triple crown for him to justify. Um, it's a tough and spot. He's in a tough spot. And, you know, I mean, look, I go way back with Bob. And I have mixed feelings, just like you. Oh, you know, yeah. I have mixed feelings about Bob. However, however, Bob is not above the law. Nobody's above the law in the game. If the law says you cannot have more than 10 picograms of bethamethasone in a horse and you have 21, you violated the law. Well, it actually period. says you can't have any. You can't have any. But anyway, you you know, you violated the rules. Because I'll tell you what, if it was a Brad Cox, they'd be lining up on Twitter to go after him. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I just, look, if you're listening to this, Bob, just take your just take your punishment. Show class in in in, in the ability of saying, "Okay, I it is what it is. Uh, I'm guilty. I'll take my punishment. I will make an example for everybody else in racing that even myself can say, okay, I, I was wrong, and let's move on from here.' Let's and 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 for anybody that's out there listening." Don't do anything and make sure you have, whether it's contamination or whatever, make sure you run a tight ship. When you run a tight ship and you control, you control your own destiny. I didn't run a tight ship. I control. The only way I can control my own destiny is just to take my punishment, live through it. I got money. I got horses. I will have them again. And let's move on for the better of the sport. Because this bullshit that's going on right now, it's not good for the sport. Well, better days hopefully ahead, right? I mean, what do you think, Ron? Oh, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, the more these headlines come out, the tougher it gets to try to rebound, and it's a new hole out of which to dig. And so we go forward. I mean, we can hang our hat on record handle at the Preakness and uh, etc. with the record non-triple crown handle at the Belmont and second biggest handle at the Derby and last year having 24% fewer races but only a 1% drop in handle. Okay, yeah, 
you can hang your hat on that. But when you get headlines like we saw the other day, uh, rationalize them all you want about non-racing riders, those don't go away. And well, and, and, it's, that, it's and, and Ron, that's that's the part of the game that 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 spirals out of control when somebody goes out of their way to try to get out of something. Or if he would have just taken and said, "Okay, what's my penalty? I'll be glad to serve it. What's my fine? I'll pay it." Well, you know, you do what you have to do, but for the good of the game, let's make it better. How much better would it have been if Baffert would have done that? If Bob would have done that, okay? You know, I think I think people would have respected him more. I would have respected him more. You know, there's only so much bullshit that you can push on people, and then people don't gonna listen to you anymore, and they lose respect. That's how I feel. Okay. That's just Bruno's editorial on how he feels you know, um, from the heart. Okay. So better days, hopefully ahead for California. I hope so. How about better days start at Del Mar this summer? Um, you know, I hope they have a great meet. I always pull from my friends, Joe Harper and Craig Dato and all those guys down there that I had so many years of working with. And how about the breeder's cup at Del Mar this year? I'm going are you going, Ron? Of course I'll be there. So um, I'm hoping to get everybody out there from California to come out and join us. You know, it takes a group effort to get this in the right direction. And it starts off at the top. And if the top does right, it filters down. And that makes us gives us our job to make it sure it does work. Because then we show up, right? We show up and we make it work. And I'm really looking forward to that at Del Mar. I really hope it goes without it, without any any issues, and I hope to be there and be part of it. Get more from Bruno by going to racingwithbruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.